0: Hi, everybody. It's Sally Wagner. Welcome to High Frequency Mindset Podcast, and I'm very pleased to welcome our guest today, Samantha Bonamassa. Samantha, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. Likewise. So I'll introduce you to our audience, and then we'll have a conversation. How about that? Sounds great. Samantha has focused her career on developing and implementing customized compliance programs for SEC CFTC and FINRA regulated organizations. She has worked with over hundred investment advisors, alternative asset managers and broker dealers with assets under management ranging from several hundred million to several billion dollars. Samantha has held roles such as chief compliance officer and interim chief compliance officer for SEC registered investment advisory firms of counsel for law firms, and has worked for various securities compliance consulting firms. Samantha founded Coast to Coast Compliance, providing proactive, comprehensive, and independent compliance solutions, including investment advisor registrations and filings, drafting and revising compliance policies and procedures, compliance program testing, mock audits, annual reviews, compliance onboarding, and employee compliance training. Samantha received her BA cum laude from the University of Florida and her JD from Ave Maria School of Law. Samantha is admitted to the Florida Bar and to the Bar of the Illinois Supreme Court. She is the Director of Events for Chicago Financial Women, an NFP organization that is committed to expanding the professional networks of Chicago area women in the fields of finance and financial services. Samantha, again, welcome.
1: Thank you, thank you. Happy to be here, and glad you're having me.
0: Well, absolutely. So uh, I'm I'm very interested in your compliance work. Uh, I've I've done compliance, not financial compliance, but real estate uh, compliance. Uh, federal government program compliance, all of those kinds of things. And I so appreciate your work and what you're doing to help people come into compliance and all those things that I mentioned, the policy development, the training, those are such crucial parts of what you do, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I always say it does mean no disservice to help other people succeed. And there's so many ways in which you can provide compliance consulting services, including training others to do it internally. They don't always need an outside vendor. They might want to be set up to figure out how to do it on their own. So those are absolutely very crucial pieces.
0: Right. And and those are some of the things that are in the guidelines from DOJ about what is an effective compliance program.
1: Yep, absolutely. DOJ, the SEC. While you listed many of the different regulatory authorities I work under, I'd say the SEC is the biggest one. That's the main focus area um, Mm -hmm. of my practice. But yep, they all apply. Absolutely.
0: So you've had experience uh, working in organizations and now you're working as a vendor for them. Uh, contracting with them. How did that transition happen?
1: Well, so I started my first job out of law school was in-house and working at an investment advisor broker dealer. And it was where I understood the intersection of legal and compliance. So I'm really appreciative to have, be able to look back and have that experience because it's what laid the framework of my entire career. Then I actually went into compliance consulting services, but I was an employee. So it was, I got to kind of see the best of both worlds and what I liked from each. And now I own and operate my own firm, but that part of that is still actually taking on various in-house roles. That's absolutely still a function of what some compliance uh, positions need. Sometimes it's like you said, full-time basis, I'm holding the hat of a chief compliance officer or an interim project where someone might be on maternity leave or paternity leave. Or someone might be leaving and going to a new organization. So it was a very organic trajectory based on just ambitious looking for job, And, you know, it really was very natural.
0: Yeah, I think that happens to a lot of people when we're looking at expanding beyond or outside that in-house role uh, where we want to be out on our own and the greatest service we can offer is to fulfill a role that is still in-house.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's so interesting you say that because I actually wanted to go in-house after I had been at different consulting firms. It was my intention to just solely go in-house. But what I realized was after various success, what I would call successful interviews, it would go one of two ways. The interviewer, so to speak, would either say, wow, you've got so much experience, you'll be bored here. You do this for like 20 clients, dozens of clients at a time. You need something more engaging. Um, Little did they know at that point in my life, I was planning a wedding. I would have been, it would have been a welcomed, you know, change in pace of work. But then other interviews would, would basically say, yeah, you'd be great, but we really want someone with 15 years of experience out of law school, which is, you know, it was a, it precluded me from those roles. So I wound up realizing like, I just love what I do. I love the work I get to provide to clients. I love who I get to work for. I guess I need to launch my own firm. So I, I became what I now call an accidental entrepreneur, Yeah, which is exciting because I never thought I would be my own boss, but here I am and haven't looked back since.
0: And again, I think that happens to a lot of us, you know, yep. we, we're Absolutely. accustomed to certain positions and then suddenly it, for whatever reason, those positions aren't forthcoming and yep. we're like, well, I, I can do this. Right. <laughs> and yeah. so, uh, it really is it, when you, when you look at it in the right way, it's a fabulous opportunity.
1: Yes. Yep. One yeah. of which I'm so grateful for.
0: Yeah. And I think that's why your story is so amazing because it, you know, you, you did that, you took the leap and that's where a lot of people are. They, they've either done it and they want encouragement or, or they want encouragement to do it. Right.
1: Yep. Absolutely. And yeah. luckily I had that, uh, yeah, my husband, my family, all my friend, I think they kind of knew it even before I did, which mm-hmm. is great. You know, it's no better people to tell you that you should start your own firm than those you love and that are the closest to you.
0: Exactly. And sometimes it's like, we are the last ones to know, right? (laughs) Exactly. That's actually a
1: perfect characterization of it, yes. Yeah.
0: So as you're doing this, because I I think these are such important principles that apply to anyone who is in their own business, right? So as you're building your business and and have built it, how how did you seek out clients and how did you present your value proposition?
1: Great question. So how I sought out clients, I didn't actually seek out clients. I, it's a little hard to like take my dog on a walk and just bump into someone that owns a $2 billion private equity firm. It's it's just a little bit more of an uphill battle than other industries. So I led with wanting to make organic and meaningful connections. And this was pre-pandemic. So I happened to really immerse myself in one-on-one and group networking. So I would never say no to any, I'm talking any networking event for any of the buzzwords of what I do, SEC, investment advisors, private equity. I mean, you name the buzzword, I was showing up to the networking event and I quickly amassed over a thousand contacts and I made it my personal, like goal to meaningfully reach out to them. So with a personalized email, I would remember where their kids went to school or something that they said and follow up with an email really quickly after meeting them, add them online LinkedIn. And it's amazing how down the road they would remember me. It We had just such a great, meaningful connection that wasn't as much me seeking out a client or referrals from them that it wound up just being a word of mouth scenario where that's how I've sourced all of my clients is kind of by not sourcing them. yeah. Um, and the value proposition, it, I can explain it where it's like, I happen to be a lawyer, but I do consulting. So I, you know, I own a consulting firm, not a law firm, mm-hmm. but people like that I happen to be a lawyer. And they also know the price tag that traditionally comes with lawyers that do SEC or regulatory compliance work and it is astronomical. Yes. They also know the price tag that comes to certain in-house compliance roles. So it's this perfect professional marriage where I'm able to say, look, I can save you money, bring value. I've got very niche expertise that I've been, I mean, gratefully by working with over a hundred registered investment advisors, I've seen such diverse things and worked on such unique projects that I feel I can almost help anyone. And I've even now started helping certain clients that are a little bit broader and maybe not so directly in financial services, because as long as I have the rules of whatever regulator, you know, they're regulated by, as well as their own code of conduct or compliance policies and procedures, I can apply it and figure out how to bring value to them. So I'm trying to bring to work smarter, not harder mm-hmm. and very boutique. So it's not just like off the shelf, you know, you do it yourself. I'm really helping like build and implement and truly saving them so much money. So it's a the expertise plus cost savings. And frankly, I always just interject some of my personality and enthusiasm. People are always so amazed that I'm so excited about compliance, but there. I just am, I always say like, I'm, I'm so enthused about it. And thank goodness I am. Cause I launched my own firm in it. So I, I ought to be. Exactly.
0: You've hit on such important points there. So it, you started out talking about networking and building relationships. And I think that is the key to being successful. You know, when you're Absolutely. kind of the, the hunter gatherer kind of thing, and, and you're only out for, you know, give me a client, give me a client may not work so well, but when you're actually building those relationships, that's where you hit the gold mine, right? Yes, yeah. And, and, and then you talked about niche skills. I think that's another important thing.
1: Yeah. And it's also kind of I would go into those networking events very open-minded, like low expectations, but very intentionally. And I would sort of prep myself like I could meet before I launched my own firm. when I went to networking events, I would say, I could meet my next boss here. And then it turned into, I could meet my next client. I could meet a partner. I could just meet someone I really connect with. So I did implant it in the back of my head, but it was really about those meaningful connections. And I'm amazed at years Mm -hmm. later, someone that I met at a a random event will say, you're still doing compliance. I have someone I want you to talk to, or I've got a referral for you. So.
0: Yeah, that's great. And The idea about stacking skills, too, because you're a lawyer, you're and yet you you made the comment, you know, you you don't have a law firm, you have a consulting firm. And and I'm in a very similar position, lawyer, but not a traditional practice. I have a consulting firm for other reasons. Right. And when you stack those kinds of skills that are complementary, you bring such added value to clients.
1: Oh, absolutely. And they know it too. It's sometimes I'll even have a client that absolutely requires that it's a, like a, the compliance person is also a lawyer when in fact there are dozens and hundreds, probably thousands maybe of compliance consultants of some kind, whether in-house or externally that don't necessarily need to be a lawyer, but clients sure like it. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad I invested in law school. (laughs)
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, another thing that hit on that I thought was really important, and now I'm not going to remember it, um, you you were talking about uh, the skills and the open mind, and yes. when you went to networking, you went there with an open mind. I, I've had the experience sometimes of reaching out to people to network, and their immediate response was, no thanks, I don't need X, whatever. I'm like, yeah. You know, you, right. you don't, you have no idea who you're talking to on the other side of that networking request, right? Yep, absolutely. I mean, I work with over 2,500 real estate agents and I was wanting to talk with this particular person about real estate things that I thought right. would be value to her. And she was like, no, not interested. So I think the open mind thing is such an important part of it.
1: And it sounds so silly, but I would want in the in-person networking, Things that would just force me to meet more people. So I always came stacked with business cards, and it wasn't just like a handing out business cards exercise by any means, but I would come prepared for sure. And I would also do little things like be sure to stand where the appetizers are coming out of. (laughs) Everyone loves past apps. So I'd be right there. Or I'm not a big drinker, but I would stand by the bar. You know, a lot of people frequent that. So I made it a point to be very like, like you said, open-minded and be very conscious of the people around and really try to work the room is the best way to say it. I have no fear to gracefully insert myself in other little circles or conversations that are occurring because I think it's important. I try to tell, you know, if they're in having a personal conversation, but generally speaking, they're professional conversations. So you can, as long as you're doing it nicely and with some grace, interject yourself. Hey, do you mind if I join your circle? My name's Samantha Bonamasa. It's so nice to meet you and just pick up wherever they are and sort of feel it out in that regard. Yeah. Well, That made it a lot easier. I was not afraid. And my law school friends always joke to this day that they had no choice whether to be friends with me or not. I just sort of was like, hi, my name's Samantha. So nice to meet you. Can't wait to start this journey. Together,
0: (laughs) yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Again, very excellent, very valuable concrete steps on how to network. Right? Yeah, you got to be fearless. You 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 can't let all those things hold you back. Otherwise, you're just going to be you know in the corner alone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love the idea about next to the appetizers, next to the yes, bar. Yes. I've, I've heard people say, you know, they kind of position themselves close to the door yeah. and they oh. designate themselves as a greeter. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there are all kinds yes. of, but they're fabulous ideas, right? Yes, because absolutely. They push us to connect with other people and that's why we're there. Right. Yeah. I, I just love the concrete steps because, you know, sometimes we get caught up in the theory of things and yeah concrete steps are where it's at.
1: Absolutely. And for networking, it's just what you've got you to do. And I, I can attest to it because I am not exaggerating when I say I met over 8,000 people in a nine month period, but no better way to do that than when you first launch your own firm mm-hmm. and you've got less work than you, you know, I, By all means, I couldn't do that right now. I've got too much work and too many clients, which again, I'm so grateful for, but it really did take that legwork in the beginning. So Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah.
0: And it makes perfect sense. And that's something that translates into any business, right? Uh, You know, whether you're trying to find compliance clients, whether you're trying to find real estate clients, but whoever you're looking for. When you dedicate that time to building those relationships, you're going to get the business.
1: Yeah. And then once you get the business, something I've learned, I think is so important. And I try to keep up with all the time is just making it a point to realize that people are so different and they have different needs and wants, and even in the professional sense. So I try to figure them out really quick and speak to them and write to them in their profession, what I call their professional language of love, because yeah they might want the really succinct bullet point version layman's terms like so easy a fifth grader could understand it they might want a long memo like law review type article very detailed so i try to i'm never going to shy away from giving the hard facts and the non-negotiables right because in my industry I'm just I'm the bearer of bad news sometimes like here's what the SEC came out with like we've got to do it but here's how I can make it practically doable for you and your firm Um, so without overburdening them and then just making sure I chunk it down to small bullet points or expand upon it depending on what they want and need.
0: Yeah, I think people appreciate and want that, you know, they don't want somebody who's going to sugarcoat it and and not be forthcoming with the information, whether it's good or bad, right?
1: Right. And if you come with the information and that knowledge base, but like I said, with some positivity and enthusiasm and -hmm. the willingness, like I'll roll up my sleeves and assist you to get to where you need to be. And we'll do this in a practical way. They really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Because you're coming to them with solutions. You're not just going, well, that's it.
1: (laughs) Exactly. That's a great way to put it. You're right. You're not just pointing out the problems or what they need to do. Your solution, you know, you're providing a solution. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you and I met uh, because of a book project that we worked on. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Correct. So would you uh, care to share a little bit about what
1: your chapter is about? Yes. So my chapter actually is about much of what we've been talking about today. Oh, yes. It's yeah, it's titled accidental entrepreneur Yeah, um, because unlike so many other people that I know, and even as part of that book that were like serial entrepreneurs that have been an entrepreneur for forever and they always wanted to be mine was just by happenstance. I explain it that me becoming an entrepreneur was the result of me accidentally having too much experience compared to my years out of law school. Yeah. So Like like I said, it it literally is, although there's definitely still some gold in there. So this hearing this shouldn't negate anyone from reading it because it's what's great about it is it was such a fun experience to meet everybody, hear their stories and the whole process of it. That too was something I never specifically set out to do, but I'm so grateful and excited that I got to be a part of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was really a fabulous experience and as you say to meet everyone who was involved in the project to
1: yes. hear their
0: stories. Everything is just so inspiring and uplifting. Yes. You know?
1: And yeah. I didn't realize just how many similarities there would be in underlying like themes and tones because I, you know, like I said, mine's I'm in such a different industry, financial services. I was like, right. Then the book is called Engaging Speakers Voices of Truth. Yeah. And so I was like, "Well, I do do you know various speaking engagements, and I love truth. You know, it, it's sort of the baseline of what I do and who I am. So, fantastic fit, and really excited to be a part of it with you.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, I have a
0: couple more questions for you. All right, and I'm I'm gonna set up the first question. Okay. In my coaching, I use an acronym, and it's MSG, and that stands for mindset, skill set, get off your asset because. I think that really incorporates a lot of important principles. And and we've kind of hit on some of those in our conversation today. So as you look over your career and your journey from uh, in-house position to accidental entrepreneur, is there a principle that you would identify that you believe contributes to your success?
1: Uh, I would say... That's a great, that's a fantastic question. You need uh, ambition. You you have to be able to excitedly kind of roll up your sleeves and do it. There's just no other way. It's not something like this isn't going to fall. You need to create it. So I think it takes ambition and drive and other people, you know, compliance can be kind of dry, but I think it really helps to have that passion for it. Yes. Um, because what's the fun in doing something every day that you don't enjoy doing? But I think it really takes that passion, ambition, and drive.
0: Yeah. And that's such a powerful combination, right? And, and sometimes they get a, a bad rap, you know, where yeah. people think of ambition as, oh, that's not good, right? And yes. it is. And, and certainly you want passion for what you do. And you want that drive to really get out there every day and do it.
1: Yes. Exactly. Yeah.
0: I love that. Such a fabulous combination. So last question, how can people get in touch with you?
1: So a number of ways. Uh, The best way is via my email. So Samantha at C2CCompliance.com. And that two is the number two. Mm -hmm. Um, Also via my LinkedIn. So Samantha Bonamassa. I also have a website that has a contact form on it. So any, and I also have other, you know, my firm Coast to Coast Compliance has all of the social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. So either via my personal LinkedIn or my company LinkedIn. And again, email is a great bet
0: as well. Awesome. So everybody, if you uh, didn't write all that down, make sure you check the show notes so that you can reach out and connect with Samantha because she is a wealth of knowledge and you absolutely want to contact her. Samantha, thank you again for being here.
1: You are so welcome. Sally, thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. And thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Make sure you tune in next time for High Frequency Mindset Podcast.